Welcome to Journey to the Bar. My name is Jules. And my name is Tafopami Oheneba. And um, we have a very, very exciting episode this week uh, on the podcast. We're going to have, I think these are like our first guests, like our first official guests. So yeah. I'm really excited. Um, it's campaign season at Ghana School of Law, right? Yep, it is. It is. People say they will deliver. Others say we should just ask. So, <laughs> for us, we are just watching. Um, yeah, so there's all sorts of slogans going around. We have a few candidates, people who are vying for positions at the Ghana School of Law for our current election, like our election that's about to be held. So we've got a few of them. They are look, they are, I think they're all like um, vying for different roles. There are a few presidential candidates here. Um, and a few other, like, people standing for other roles. So we'll just, like, let them quickly introduce themselves, tell us what they are running for, and then we can do the podcast. Let's start with, um, we have Kafui here. Kafui, if you can begin. Uh, good evening, as usual. I'm always the best. Uh, my name is Tamo Kafui Avolano. I'm on the UPSA campus with A. And then uh, I had my LLB at the University of Ghana, Lagos. All right. Okay. So did you come straight out of SS? Are you one of the straight out of SS yeah, people? Or... I, came, but... I came straight from the SHS. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Z. Z is here also. Yeah. Hi. Good evening. My name is Zelia Amsat Osman. I'm in PLC1, Group B, at the UPSA campus. I'm aspiring to be the next SLC president of the Ghana School of Law. Um, I had my LLB at the Central University, and I also had my first degree at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology. I'm happy to be here. It's very nice to have you here. Um, you. you guys are, okay, it's it's looking, that's, and like we have another guest, um, Saki, if you can also introduce yourself. Uh, thank you very much for having me. My name is Theophilus Saki Sosi, uh, but I use the Saki Sosi more. I am uh, a part one student at the Ghana School of Law at the UPSA campus. And um, I had my LLB um, at the University of Ghana. But prior to that, I studied psychology at the University of Cape Coast. And I'm running for um, SRC president of the Ghana School of. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's really great. Thank you. Okay, so guys, we are very happy to have you on. As you know, this is like the first time even the SRC has a podcast, and this is the first time we are having the feel of the election. So I would want to ask any of you. Any of you could take this question up as to um how the, how is how is the campaigning going how is the like traveling from Accra to Kumasi to try to reach people how how is all of that how is the feeling how is the going to the classrooms and having to speak to lecturers to give you periods to speak to them and speak to the students i know there's other classes you would go to they wouldn't even listen to you and all of that how is the experience 
Anyone yeah, can some of your questions so far, like what you feel um, the journey has been for you. Um, okay, for me, it's been an exciting one. Um, I, I had a rare opportunity to meet with students all across the various satellite campuses. Um, I had the opportunity to do one-on-one with them. Um, in some instances, I had to hang around for like two hours because I just get to like a campus and a lecture has just begun and I'm forced to hang around for like two hours. <laughs> I I'll be so frustrated. I'll walk away. I'll go like this. Honestly, not that deep for me. So I'll leave. But I see, oh I see, God. I see some of you hanging around for like hours and like sitting at the back of classes that you are not part of. Um, exactly. I think people sitting in part two classes. I'm like, you're in part two. You've already upgraded to part two. You're in like. That's already so I imagine it's quite difficult. Why are you guys running? Like, what is it that would necessarily pique your interest to run? So, if any of you can chip in as to why you wanted to run for this position, especially looking at the times we are in as a as an SRC, <laughs> why would you want to carry on this burden? I've been serving my class since of, uh, November 10th. And I mean, the many challenges we face as a class, i.e. in my class, we're about 307. And as first years, we're, we're supposed to wear, you know, our suits and everything, something that we are not used to. Like you have about 307 students in one class. It was stuffy. COVID was around. We had our nose mask on. And life was just really frustrating. And we sit in class for like 13 hours. And... I felt like, oh my God, what is this? And I saw myself writing letters to the SLC back and forth and all that. And that was when it dawned on me that really it pays to save. And that was when I began developing the interest and my colleagues kept saying, hazy, hazy. So I began developing the interest. And so for me, the interest to save actually is groomed out of the experiences I got along um, as I was saving my class, does the PLC one group be at the UPSA campus? Um, yes, so for now, thank I'll. Thank you. Like I said earlier, I am still not in Accra yet. I'm still in Kumasi. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience. I think last year when I saw you moving around trying to campaign, like, what is this guy worrying about? But then, uh, uh, coming to experience it has been wonderful well for Kafu Kafu is someone who really appreciates leadership I appreciate growth I appreciate patience so those things have been my virtue for some time now now coming into this race my only motivation was simple I've sat back for long sit back watch others do it when then you see others do things then you complain then you complain you complain you complain then you ask yourself what have you done to help you always push people they also join okay now that you are complaining you can bring in new experience you can bring in all those all that you talk about when it comes to growth patience the leadership the things that you want to explore why don't you bring them on now i think the journey hasn't been so easy for instance i've not really had the chance to engage UPSA group B as a class but mostly every time I get there the timing is either wrong or I'm not around 
But I'm sure my brother Saki Sosi and Z will find time for me. And then uh, let me engage your class. Thank you. Yeah, I think my um, my motivation stems from the fact that um, generally I, in my estimation, I'm a very average individual. I I am very relatable. I am, you know, quite an ordinary person, quite frankly. And so when I observe in our environment and also in the Ghana School of Law, some of the challenges that, you know, students are faced with, it easily comes to my mind that I can I can easily become a victim of these challenges. The issues um, regarding um, remarking, the time for the release of remarking results, um, the, the remarking fee in itself, you know, and, and a host of other issues we are faced with. I, I can't easily put it in my mind that, oh, well, this one doesn't affect me, or, oh, well, you know, I can jump this hurdle. I, I know that, you know, if you put it in percentiles, I, I would be easily in that percentile of students that will be affected by those challenges. And so that motivates me to want to solve the challenges that I think I can I can easily become a victim to with the Ghana School of Law. And that's been my, that's been the incentive pushing me in this, in this campaign. That's why I've been going around, you know, talking, talking to people, sharing my ideas and all that. So really, that's been my motivation. All of you have like 19. So before Juliet comes in, this is the question I have for students who want to run for the position or aspire to be leaders. I think in the past, not just SRC politics or any kind of politics, but national politics, you see things like fix the country. You go on Twitter just this week. Everyone is livid because of uh, pictures that were out about the former uh, minister for lands willing uh, part of the Achimota forest to relatives and all of that. People were mad young people are giving up on leadership people think there is no hope for even leaders that are upcoming so if any of you are supposed to give a pitch as to why you think there should be hope for student leadership because the perception out there is that you guys are not coming to save you guys are coming for your parochial interest because quote and unquote other um, previous administrations have failed them might not necessarily be true but that's the perception. Yeah, Kafri. Yeah, so knowing me very well, I'm sure the day you saw my flyer or I may have posted somewhere that I will be contesting president, you would ask yourself, is that Kafri? I mean, Kafri that we know, he would like to just go and play football, do his thing, serve in his own way, and then go away. Not with uh, politics. Now, you are talking about a group of people who have already shown us the way. They've done a couple of things that we so disagree with. Then I ask myself the simple question. If I am saying there are bad men in the system and they want to be politicians and these politicians will lead our country and we don't agree with their way of leading our country, then the so-called good men that we think of ourselves, or even if we are not good men, the things that we think we could have done differently, if we sit back without putting it across and then trying to implement it, would we be doing society good? No, we would be sitting back and allowing what we call the road to continue. 
Personally, looking at what is happening around, I don't think it discourages me from joining the free. It actually motivates me to bring in new ideas, different direction, and try and show a different path than that that has been cut. That is not to chastise anybody to say that what anybody has done is so wrong or so unheard of. I mean, there are some things I personally do not subscribe to. But if I am thinking the way I am thinking, and seeing that people are pushing out stuff that I so dislike, and I think I could, I can give a different direction to it. Now, why not? I come on board. I put out my ideas. We dialogue. We judge all. We try to see how best we can resolve our issues. We are all humans. Just so much that society doesn't lose so much hope in itself because these leaders are a representation of what society are. And if society is saying we are giving up on leadership, that is politics, then society is losing hope in itself, okay. which I don't think I'm someone who would ascribe to I mean, that. any other candidates can also, aspirants can also come in, as Kafu is speaking, if they also have something, they also have a take on it. So we can hear you, Susie, we can hear you, Z, if you also uh, have a take on it. Well, Kafu can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, Susie, I can my, hear you. My, my point of view, I mean, is, is that, I mean, just like Kafu also mentioned, it will require a lot of involvement. We can't continue to leave the leadership conversation for just a select few. And that's why I'm, I'm very excited that in this election, we've got quite a huge pool of candidates and we've got a variety of messages so that the electorate have an opportunity to select from amongst the pool which people they think can better serve their purposes. But beyond that, I also believe that, you know, people, I mean, the electorate, need to review the process of thoughts behind which they, 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 they implement or they use in choosing their leadership. Because I think that has also got a very huge impact on the kind of leadership you'll be getting. And so if we are very excited about the popularity, we are very excited about the freebies, we are very excited about the variety of things that do not necessarily have a proper consequence on the quality of leadership we'll be receiving, then, of course, we will still be back to square one where leaders feel like they have given out so much in a campaign and need to take back all that they are, they are, they, 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 they take back all that they've lost. And so I think that particularly in this election and for all of us in this country, we need to do some soul searching. And after that soul searching, we need to be frank with ourselves. What's the problem and what can we exactly be doing about it? I think that it starts from changing the, the philosophy or process of thought is selecting leadership because that is what actually influences the outcomes that we see in our society. Okay. Okay. Yes, I think I agree with my brother Susie to a large extent because, of course, when choosing leaders, we first of all have to look at what we are looking to receive from them. Okay. So if, for instance, I'm a leader who comes to give you freebies and goodies and then you bring me into power, then I take that right from you to hold me accountable for my actions because in any case, it's been an exchange. So I think that we need to review how we, how, how we, 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 we select our leaders. We need to look at competence. We need to look at leaders that we can trust. We need, we need to look at people that have demonstrated to us that indeed they are selfless enough to save us. And I think that as, as young people coming up, we, we shouldn't throw our hands into the air and say that, ah, there's mistrust and all that. 
we should do deeper soul searching and ask ourselves that indeed, are we really here to serve or we are here for the popularity? Okay. And so, so when we do those deeper soul searching. Sorry, sorry for cutting you, Z. Yes, yes. So I just wanted do... to ask those questions. I said I'm sorry for cutting you. That's okay, sir. Yeah, I wanted to ask, so does that mean you guys think the this current electoral commission's directive of no sharing and no gifting and no gifting policy was in the right direction? It's apt for me. It's perfect. It's apt for me. In fact, in fact, I really I really thought they would crack the whip on it. Oh. It wasn't retroactive. It was something that was there, so I really thought they would crack the whip on it. But once they didn't do that, well, that was fine. Uh, I'm not against anybody, but sincerely, if you speak to people who have been through our SRC, they'll tell you one of the days our SRC wasn't even that competitive. I mean, people will come and ask you or beg you to come and then contest. Yeah. I'm not saying that's allowed, okay? But then it shouldn't be a conversation about uh, money shouldn't be a conversation about uh, freebies. It shouldn't be a conversation about popularity in quotes. I mean, it's it's all that. And I think if the EC had come in strong and I set the pace, I mean, I would have, if I were affected, I would have been fine. I mean, if but, I'm fighting for society that way, that should have been fine. Okay. But then finally, let me ask a last question. So we move on from this serious election, election, but then Juliet comes in with you guys being our co-host for today. So I uh, wait, so I'm the only <laughs> serious one. No, no, no. Oh, come on, Julie. You know, <laughs> I, I would have to be yeah, playing good cop, bad cop. But then I think someone mentioned something about popularity. Do you guys think that the Ghana School of Law SRC needs the kind of media attention that is like really going on? So for example, a candidate is running, you see them on a, on a, in the days, on radio stations, on TVs. Do you think that is something that we are right for or we need to necessarily encourage? Because. Hello, Safo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, my, my view on this matter is that, uh, first of all, this, this is an SRC. It's an association. And, um, also the Ghana School of Law is an institution that, a lot of people have interest in. And this is the only place where, you know, professional training for lawyers or professional legal training is given. And so I really do not see a problem with, you know, the kind of publicity that some candidates may receive in the media space or in the public spaces. As a matter of fact, um, most of the programs and policies of the SRC usually require public goodwill and public support. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, the scholarship fund, for instance, you most definitely will require, you know, some sort of contributions from corporate bodies and all that. And so there's nothing really wrong with, you know, the public getting some wind of the process of choosing leadership in, in the Ghana School of Law. Only that it's, it's also should serve as a constant reminder that because of the level of interest that the public has developed in our SRC now, we need to be doing far more when, when it comes to issues of transparency, accountability, and all that. Because really, why should we even have dirty linen to be washed outside? We should be, we should be at the Ghana School of Law. We yes. need to be doing our things right. So that's my perspective on this issue. Sure. Z? 
Yes, like like Susi just said, whether we like it or not, there's public interest in the affairs of the SRCN. This is the only Ghana school of law. This is the only school of law in Ghana. Okay, and when you look at the, the past months, whether we like it or not, we've been out there. And so we definitely want to change the narrative and, and that we want we need to vindicate ourselves. We need the public to know that we have moved from what they thought our SRC was. Okay, and so if it was true, the media, that all of those negative news about the SRC was being announced, then it should be to the same media that they get to know that indeed the, the, the newer leaders have, have come with different narratives to change the system. And so for me, I don't see anything wrong with it. But for me, the problem I, I identify with it is when it is used the wrong way. Okay. okay. When, for instance, someone deliberately goes to the media to do propaganda or to put together false information about another candidate to gain advantage. Because at the end of the day, we must be mindful of the fact that, first of all, we, we love our school. And so we do not want to paint negative a negative picture out there. And if you are leveling an allegation that you know within you that it's not true against another candidate, you should bear it in mind that power comes and goes. But what image are you creating for your school? But if it's about selling out your policies, letting the public know the kind of changes that you seek to introduce the Ghana School of Law, I sincerely do not think that there's anything wrong with it. Okay. I was agreeable to when we were demonstrating in 2019 and then the media covered it. That the police yeah. were beating us and ripping us and they still came to tell us that we were throwing stones about them, at them. Some of yeah. these things have to get out there. It doesn't matter who is on the front. Okay, I think, I, I think that's, that's, that's very good to know. So, um, at this juncture, Julia, would you like to come in? Uh, uh, quickly, quickly, if I may make a point. Sure. Okay. I think I think the media is of a double-edged sword, okay? A cut from the left, cut at the same time on the right. Now, what we have made the media come to look like is what we are afraid of. How about we want to see the other side of the media, which looks so good, okay? Now, if we are in the news, we should be in the news for better things. Us, okay. So I think the media, the media takes on the way we want to shape it, and then if we shape it better, we can do all good. I don't think, starting yeah. from this election, anybody that has been in the media has been in it for the wrong purpose. Unless maybe after this election, whoever wins or whoever loses decides to go to the media for the wrong purpose. I mean, we can keep up the positive energy. Okay. Um, so I think we've talked a lot about like what your, you guys, you like your political aspirations are and um, the political leanings. Yeah, your political leanings. Me, and the student politics has always been very interesting for me because I feel like it's a bit narcissistic, isn't it? To think that you are the person that everybody should call president. It's just such a weird thing for me. <laughs> I don't know. No, no shade to you guys and to Safo and to all elected officials. <laughs> found it. We take I remember I banned my juniors from calling me senior in SHS. Okay. Most modest cafe. I think I'm most modest. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, but I just find this so interesting. But I think it's also, I mean, even though I joke about it, I do understand that it's a huge sacrifice that you guys make when you take on these roles because lead, positions of leadership are really no joke and there's so much uh, responsibility associated with it. Which then leads me to what is happening in Ghana and the recent floods and the fact that which is our topic for today we wanted to talk about like the state of the country and the fact that every year we have the same problems the same responses which are oh no people are dead it's unfortunate um and that's it nothing changes and i just want to know like how you guys feel about the state of our country as a whole like let's move away from ghana school of law and let's look at the state of the country especially in regards to like things like regular occurrences like these floods that seem to have no solution and yet like do you think the problem is us the citizens is it our own apathy like are we so used to it that we don't even care anymore that nothing is happening definitely the the apathy is not about we don't so care, but we care when it is happening. After it's after it's happening after it's happened in the next three days we forget about it. I think uh uh we in the best words of uh John Romani Mahama, Ghanaians uh, may look not too far. Yes, that is that is our behavior towards whatever is happening. I mean we've seen this the last time I saw a graphic from old it was in 1964, where it was published when the floods came in 1960. Hey, were you born in 1960, Kafui? No, I saw a graphic. That is what I'm uh, talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you see a graphic publishing when the floods came to Accra in 1964, and then you are seeing same in 2022, where we can publish with the same caption. It tells it tells you the same thing. Because, like, what can we do as a people? Because you know what's funny? Last week, Safu and I were talking about the Morocco incident and the fact that a few years ago, um, they had a scandal and Ghanaians were very upset and we shouted and screamed for a few days and we forgot about it. And recently, were incidents of people having food poisoning in their restaurants. We screamed for exactly three days. And after the three days, like, I don't think one person has spoken about Morocco in the past week. Yeah, I think that episode is yet to be aired. Let's put that out there. That yeah. episode is yet to be put on yeah. But it's just interesting to me how easily we forget. Z, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yes, yes. I mean, it's very sad. In fact, when you look at what even happened at Seco, the Dan right. explosion... Yeah, the, the I think it was gun explosion and also flooding. Yeah. And ask yourself that in the recent rains, just last week, look at how Kaleshi flooded. What is happening? Are we failing to learn from our past mistakes? Are our contractors really patriotic enough? Do they think about the next 10 years, the next five years when they are doing their jobs? And so for me, I think it's generally not about the individuals being... Um, not too interested, but it's about the people that we put in place to do the jobs. People must begin to do things beyond themselves. They must begin to look at the national interest 
when you are given a job to do, I think you should even start with us in our own little ways. When you are being given something to do, we should brighten our own corner. We should make it. We should make it um, like something within ourselves to say that if this is what I've been given to do for the sake of my country, I'm going to do it right. When you look at some of the asphalt roads, they are actually removed as if we are removing egg. We, we are we are peeling off. We have fried some egg and then we are taking it out of the fry pan. It's so shameful. So for me, for me, I think it's just about we ourselves, how how we do things, and in the end, we will sit down and blame the country again. So it's about our individual um, activities. As well. So for what do you think? Do you think it's on us? Because me, I think like our role is like maybe twenty percent, and the state's role is like eighty percent. So yeah, I, f- I feel I feel that any country who knows that they have flooding issue would have had like um because this is a construction thing. If I was listening to Joy yesterday, and I think an engineer was saying the whole city needs to be dug up again, like we know the point. Where the floodings happen. We know it happens at Kanishi. We know it happens at Circle. We know it happens here and there. Like, it's like we wait for it to happen and then we talk about it. Yeah. So, so I think, I think as a country, we like to wait for things to happen before we have a conversation on it and then we move on to the next thing. If the country needs to be dug up or if, uh, there are sewages and the water needs to waterways. People have built their houses there. I mean, the AMA can be ruthless sometimes when it comes to pulling down people's houses. I, I think we need to just take a firm grip and a firm stance on these things so that from now onwards, we know that these are the parts that um, get flooded. How do we prevent it? What are the measures we put in place? What are the structures we put in place? Because trust me, when the rains go back, we are all going back and we are all going to forget our cry ever for that. Immediately. I don't think it's really about the government identifying what is wrong or what is right. I think sometimes it's also about the people that we put in place to do the jobs. Because, exactly. yes, there are instances that a contractor is being given a contract to use some specific materials to do the road, but they will go and use very low quality asphalt to just start the road, make it look good, take pictures, come out there and tell us that, oh, look at the beautiful street, it's being commissioned next week. And within two weeks when there are rains, you, you find that the place is, is totally disarray. So I think that it's about our individual, we, we Ghanaians ourselves, when we are being put in positions to do things, we must learn to do things the right way. Yeah. We must learn to do things the right way and stop looking at the money that we are going to get from it or the benefit that we have. We have to prioritize our country as a whole. So we are being given, given a contract. Make sure that you do it well. And I'm sure if our contractors are doing the jobs well, we'll not be seeing what we are seeing. In America, every year there is snow. Every year there is snow. There are people that have been put in place to clear because they know that they love their countries. You, the snow is coming and they are clearing up the place. They know that it's something that happens every year. And then you won't see the whole country being covered in snow because people are being put in charge to do it and they do their jobs well. So why are we not doing it the same way? And we, the same Ghanaians, when we go out there and we are being given those contracts, we do it well because we know that um, the law will catch up with us if we don't do it right. But when we come to our country, we do shoddy works and then we go our way. So I think it's about individual. Yeah. 
I really wish we could go into the topic of like our attitude when we leave the country, but that's a topic for another day because it's very interesting how we behave. It's like it's almost as if when we are home, we are very careless and um reckless, and when we go like when we step outside of our home, then we are like very clean and put together in a way that just does not make sense to me. But like I said, that's like a very like, huge topic that Safwa and I might have to like discuss on another day um yeah. yeah i think i think we, sh- we should be wrapping up yeah we are about to oh. this is yes, really yeah, <laughs> i was just going to make the point um uh-huh. i was just going to make the point that i mean for me my perspective is that leadership is the cause and everything else is the effect because if we want to, you know, um, draw the people in and talk about people's attitudes, people's patriotism and indiscipline, um, I think that we, I mean, I think leaders create an enabling environment for indiscipline. If people are mm-hmm. indisciplined, then I think that leadership has created an enabling environment. I mean, that, and that speaks to the fact that when people go out of this country, they act differently because there's not an enabling environment for that indiscipline. That's it. It's not as if people suddenly become angels when they leave this country, or it's not right. as if those who live in the U.S. are angels. But it's because of the systems that have been put in place. If if you don't create an enabling environment for it, you won't. I mean, right here in this country, um, if you go to our airport, for instance, you get a spot fine for parking wrongly. It's because yeah. that environment doesn't tolerate that kind of behavior. But go to Circle, go to some other place where you get a free pass for doing, I mean, just anything you want to do. I think that that's where the chaos actually happens. And so for me, I think our leaders in this country get a free pass for doing just anything because the moment you talk about it, then the obligation is placed on the people. I really don't think it's even a 50-50 thing. I think that if leadership is up and doing, people will definitely toe the line. That's my perspective. Okay. Okay, okay. I mean, I get, I get, I get that, I get that stance too. Um, and I think like we, honestly, I'm really happy with the people we have this year in terms of like candidates, especially for the presidential candidates. You guys are all really, really smart. And, um, I'm not going to like say who I'm interested in voting for yet because like my vote is personal. But I just want to say you guys are all very, 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 very impressive. And uh yeah, I look forward to one of you being president. Yeah, I think this is the point where we allow them give us some short messages before they leave. Because... No shots. I want to <laughs> Please be precise. Please be precise. I mean, this was a wonderful yeah. episode. So yes. hopefully it should be out soon. Yeah, before they they vote in. So kindly, just like yeah. direct, tell us like your final words, and then we'll wrap up. Please just vote one, okay? Vote number one. Yes, Z. Yes, so vote number two. Vote for integrity. Vote for hey, self <laughs> So you don't say you are three. <laughs> you say three. Yes, three. Well, I'm actually I'm actually number three. <laughs> wow okay so the message then is vote number one vote number two vote number three we've got it all right, thank you. All right. So it was a lovely episode i hope we can catch you later this week with other aspirants like we said it's not a compulsory show we send the invite out so the aspirants who could honor our invitations are the ones we had them here 
Shout out time. Juliet, you know this is my favorite part of the show. Shout out to shout out to our advocacy lecturer. Uh, for the mood she's been organizing. I mean it, it's fun. Friday, yes. my team Benefit. is presenting. So shout out to all Gempa Group C people. I'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Thank you all so much for coming and thank you for listening.